Hi, and welcome to the Becoming Muslim podcast. We are here to shine a true light on a religion, spirituality, that has pretty much been on the mainstream media as not so nice for over a few decades now. From your American white suburban girl that converted to Islam in 2017, I am your host, Marilyn Rose. Assalamu alaikum. May God the peaceful one be upon you. The natural greeting for any and every Muslim. I am so excited to be doing this podcast because, well, let's just say it's been a journey for real, peeps. It's been a journey on the real. For anyone new to Islam, welcome. Anyone newly practicing, super glad you're here. Or anyone who's just interested in what it's like to be a Muslim or you just already know me. Well, then I'm so glad you are here on this podcast with me and being all along essentially my journey. So let me give you a quick disclaimer. I am by no means an accredited scholar, nor am I speaking in regards to the law of Islam. I'm simply a Muslim woman trying v hard be hard to practice Islam the right way according to Sunnah and the Quran. But again, I'm not a scholar. Uh, if you would like to learn from a proper scholar, I can definitely advise you to one. However, please, 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 I'm not a scholar yet. Which means give me a little extra prayer. So, from the beginning, I, I absolutely love spirituality. I think it's a beautiful thing. And I feel like all all humans can agree on that. It's just connecting with your higher power and really developing that relationship. Whether who you believe or used to believe who your higher power is, everyone, I'm pretty sure, can feel that connection somehow. And if you haven't gotten there yet, spirituality is like really cool to dive into and just connect with. Whether it's meditation or understanding everything, it's crazy. And I have gone on that path. Like I, I've bollied it up before I was Muslim. Namaste. I've done so many things. When I first converted to Islam, I of course went through so many challenges, and we'll get into that. Maybe not all in this podcast today, but throughout my weekly journey of different content that I share with you guys, with you. So let's talk about first how I got into it. It all started back at a Tony Robbins event, naturally. No, but really, I had gone to a Tony Robbins UPW event. For those who aren't familiar, he's a personal development guru. Uh, UPW stands for like unleashing the power within. And he's not Muslim at all. Like it was a, It's a very intense four-day event that has like 10,000 people who come together, jump around, try to walk across fire, all that big shebang. Or like all this fun stuff. So I had gone there and the people that I had gone with, there were some that were Muslim and on Fridays they pray at the mosque. So the event was Thursday through Sunday. And on Friday they were going to pray at the mosque for Jummah. And the men usually go um but women are allowed to go too, of course. So I had asked, like, am I allowed to pray? Like, is that even a thing? I had no idea, people. No idea. And so when I had gone, uh, somebody had said, like, practice as if you believe. And 
God will guide you. It was just a message I either heard in passing or it was like on the message. I'm not 100% sure, but I just remember hearing that. Uh, Let me just like take it back, rewind it with you. A month earlier, I was actually, I went skydiving in Fiji. I was out with my girl and it, it was her birthday and she really wanted to go skydiving. I had no fear of it. It was not something that was on my bucket list. It was something that she wanted to do. It was her birthday. I was like, all right, let's go. Let's do it. So we scheduled the skydiving, had gone, and in, if you've ever been before, like you know that there is a free fall period where there's no parachute, you're just literally falling, and I think you're like 30,000 feet up above the air, it's cold, it's like crisp, it's such an experience, and then your parachute comes and you explore the view. So in that free fall experience, no parachute, uh, strapped on like tandem style, I just remember having this like overwhelming blissfully moment it was just so pure the air was crisp it was clean it was honestly the most relaxed calm like happy state that I had ever been in my entire life and it was just so beautiful I had a great time now I don't recommend going skydiving or any of that stuff it was just something that I had done and bring it back forward I had gone home Uh, decided, okay, I'm going to practice as if I believe, decided to pray all of my prayers one day. And it was like, had gone into it. And I think maybe on like day two of these prayers, I was on the prayer mat and I just had that overwhelming feeling of bliss again. It just is when I was skydiving. And in that moment, I knew this was not a coincidence. It 100% was that same feeling. Now, how can you get that same feeling sitting grounded to the ground of pure bliss as you have it in the air? I have no idea other than it was an act of God. It was 100% coincidence. It was beautiful and I loved it. I knew like this is exactly for me. So I stuck with it and I have been Muslim ever since. So it was definitely uh, like two Ramadans ago. I say that because I had converted like a week before Ramadan and went straight into it. If you don't know what Ramadan is, it is the month. It's actually the name of the month, Ramadan, like the Islamic month. It is a month of fasting where you don't have water or food from dusk to dawn, essentially. Yes, I did say, and no water, (laughs) which interesting enough, like a lot of health gurus have been saying like, they call it dry fasting. They've been uh, talking about all of the health benefits that it it gives you if you do that, Um, which again, not a coincidence, people, (laughs) at least that's what I I believe. But uh, when it comes to feelings, like Islam isn't solely about feelings. I know like, and I say this because like, if it was like, then you wouldn't always just do something just because it feels right or when it feels wrong. Like it was more of a feeling of like, you know, when they say like, oh, when you get married or you find your soulmate, like, oh, you know, you know, well, it, it was pretty much that type of feeling. Like you knew, so you knew. So for me, it was like, I, I essentially, I found my soul. I wasn't finding my soulmate, but I found my soul just so deep. Uh, it was like, I really, now I just have instilled like this true firm belief of like, what is the truth? So some people might disagree with me on this, but again, we are here for the journey. 
the fun ride to talk about the happy tears, the sad tears, and all the fun things in between. I want to keep this like super chill and just super, I just want to bring you along this journey with me because I, if I can help like one other person who might just be a new Muslim or somebody who might be newly practicing again, then like I'm great. I'm happy. If I can just help one person with my stories that they can resonate and relate and to know that you're not alone, you have support, then that's why I'm doing this and it makes it all all worth it. Uh, So yeah, thanks again so much for being here with me. Okay, so now that we went over like the feelings and the good stuff, there also is a lot of hard stuff that came with it, subhanAllah. Uh, and if you don't know what subhanAllah means, I'll go over like the basic of these like Islamic words that are new. Um, and it's in Arabic, which is such a beautiful language, by the way. No, I've never known Arabic before. <laughs> Again, very white suburban girl from Wisconsin. But I'm now actually living in London. So fun facts about me. Anyways, um, yeah, so you like when the hard stuff comes the hard stuff comes. So if you're new, I'm sure I've had so many questions, but like, for example, how did I even bring this conversation up with my family? Well, it all started with that Chipotle guacamole, just lured them in. I actually, I took my mom out with me and I had to just ask her like, Hey mom, you want to go on a lunch date? Uh, Asked her to go to Chipotle with me, get some guac, and I was like, so mom, I'm studying Islam, and at that point I was like, I'm already Muslim, but she was like, okay, fine, but as long as you don't become Muslim and start wearing a hijab, and little did she know, that was going to be exactly what I had done. My mom's so chill, everyone. Like, she's the best human in the entire world. Mashallah, I just love my mom so much. And she'll let you make dua for her. I just absolutely love her. So she was chill. And I'm very blessed and fortunate that, like, when I brought it up with my mom, I knew for the fact that she would be accepting of me as a human because I am still Marilyn. I didn't change. And she knew that. And she knows that because a mother's love is, like, literally uncomparable. And, I mean, if you're going to bring this conversation up with your family as well, definitely bring it up with the person that you're closest to and you trust and that you can just be yourself with. And, you know, like, I mean, I think it's just so much, so good to be yourself and have such a good character that that's important. Uh, Did I know any Muslims, like, before I became Muslim? I knew a few. Like, I was so naive to the religion that I literally did not know that Islam or Islam and Muslim were the same thing people (laughs) crazy right like it was just so not a thing for me I think I was like in second grade when everything started becoming like on the news in 2001 and it just never phased me nothing like I didn't search into it it was not anything that was like for me at that time when I was younger, I grew up with like my grandparents are Catholic. My mom was kind of like non-denominational, like Christian. I mean, she follows the King James version of the Bible. Uh, and yeah, like we stopped going to church uh, after like 
I'm not even sure, maybe like after I was like in sixth grade or something. And I grew up in a neighborhood where like Sundays were for football, not necessarily for church. And maybe it wasn't a neighborhood. It was just like the people that we were with. But definitely wasn't very a nobody would really focus so much on like what your religion was for me anyways. And so going like the actual process of becoming Muslim and all the how to's and everything. It was something that it was completely brand new to me. It was so different and such a thing like for the fact that I saw people actually praying like five times a day and I was actually traveling with this company for a year and one of the speakers was Muslim and for the fact that on Fridays like every single Friday all around the world they would go and he would pray I seriously thought that was like so amazing it was just such a dedication that I had never seen before when it came to religion granted I had gone to Bali Indonesia like for at least a month I had like packed up my bags from Chicago moved to Bali and I was like I'm gonna namaste all day and I literally did yoga like three times a day so going back to like again like the beginning journey when I had decided like I was gonna go to Bali I actually this is really cool it's like so so different I had written in one of my moleskin journals and I I have moleskinned like for so long <laughs> if you don't know what a moleskin is it's just a brand and I had written in it like God please help me find my path before this I was like very much focused on work very much focused on doing my own thing and I used to say like I had a black soul because I had just gone through so much in my life that I thought it was like just it's easier I suppose to get rid of like emotions and so if anyone knows me now like I mean if anyone has ever known me I'm just such a bubbly character and I'm sure you'll you'll get to hear me a lot more throughout this podcast journey but the fact that I had written that in my moleskin left it in America completely forgotten about and about it went to Bali and then I had did yoga every single day and after doing that I thought like at that time it was like very insta famous like 2015 to go and like do yoga it was like a trend and I remember my Instagram page used to be full up of yoga infinity pool pics uh trying to find some sort of connection thinking like posing for the insta was going to help somehow not even close but I I really did dive deep into the yoga experience and I like yoga still I think it's great but spiritually it wasn't for me I still didn't feel any connection that way and then when I had gone to it then like fast forward a year forward and that was my journey so I always recommend to anyone who's like looking or just thinking like what is their path for them literally just say God please guide me and keep that in your intention with your heart and see where it goes it's always something to explore if that if you're on your spiritual path for sure so it's been an experience guys and I've had such a blast when I had first uh coming into Islam I would say like my first year was 
interesting. <laughs> and my second year was even more interesting. But I've had the experiences and I really want to share them with you a lot more and just really in depth. For example, this past Ramadan, I actually had gotten a chance to spend it in four different countries. Fasting, of course. It was like, it was really cool, but I got to see how Muslims act in America, of course, because that's where I'm from. Uh, I got to see how Muslims act in the UK because that's where I live now with my husband. I got to live, I had to experience Ramadan in Turkey and Istanbul, which was beautiful and such a different experience. You get to hear the Adhan like every single prayer is cool. And then, of course, I got to experience it in Dubai uh, because we went to Dubai as well. So it was it's a journey. And let me tell you, there is a range of characters and a range of way that people do the things that they do when it comes to like the main things. And yeah, it's 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 intense. It's cool, though. So a lot of people might be asking, like, how did you get to travel so much? And how did you get to do all of these things? And like, you have a husband? What? <laughs> so yes, I do have a husband, which also is part of the journey and challenge. I got married uh, about a year ago. So a year after I was Muslim-ish. And I remember before I had gone to this new Muslim retreat, it was like a four-day event, another one of those four days events. And this was very like from like Fajr, the first prayer to Isha, we prayed all together. It was 100% segregated and we had like lectures of like, what are the rights of all of these things? It was really cool. It was like, I got I got to hear all the basics in one four day event. And the speaker was saying like, hey, you're a new Muslim. Don't get married for like the next four years, essentially. And that was his opinion. And I remember I was like, I'm getting married next month. <laughs> oh no what do I do and <laughs> it just it, I was thinking like am I doing the right thing am I not and and there's a prayer called the istikara and you can do this uh when you're seeking for when you're seeking for guidance from God essentially it's like an extra prayer you do two rakats and then you make this dua of this istikara it's a specific dua and you ask like if I'm paraphrasing here. It's so much more beautiful than this paraphrase, but you're asking God, if this thing, whatever the situation is, is good for me, my deen, my faith, for my livelihood, then like, please like provide for me. And if, if this thing is bad for me and all of those things, then keep it away from me. And so I remember praying it so much like for nearly for that whole entire month so many times and I was like okay okay like I'm 100% put my faith into it and it's been such a blessing of course a challenge as all things are and a blessing because the family that I've been put into is so beautiful so chill so amazing accepting kind caring like I don't if I could just give them so much more love I would give them so much more love Show them any way that I can. But seriously, the also the most amazing thing is for the fact that I was introduced to my Islamic teacher and just like learned so much that I would have never done otherwise. I probably would have been like one of those people who 
were on YouTube saying like this is what the Quran really says about hijab and speaking completely out of opinions rather than actually learning the proper way and through a teacher and through a scholar. So I'm really glad that I'm I'm doing things the way that I believe is the way that we can definitely strive to learn from. And it, I just it just really stepped up my faith and essentially I always say like I'm getting my holy on. That's what I usually tell my teacher. I was like, I got to get my holy on today. But you have a, you usually keep it on any days, all day anyways. <laughs> and so I, after that marriage, like the whole thing, I was like, I knew it, literally the marriage that I have is like a purely a blessing and like a gift from God. And I, always, I just recommend like anytime you have anything that you really need to search for, just inshallah you get that istikara on because it's, and hopefully I'm saying this right, just so you know, guys, my Arabic, I have a very American accent, if you don't already, like, if you can already already tell, it's very American. So I'm learning Arabic right now, and I'm learning the process and the journey of, like, reading the Quran, inshallah, I get better at all these things. But right now, I say things very American, so please bear with me if you are very, like, Arabic, um, yeah, and, and you know that whole thing. So, yeah, it was just like a, a journey. So when I got married, it that was definitely like one of the biggest takeaways. Now, I'll talk about like marriage in its own entire episode because it can get like way deep. I mean, I, I married somebody who's like Bangladeshi in the UK. I'm, I'm pretty much white. I mean, my family is like Mexican and Native American, German. So I'm a whole bunch of things. I'm like a, my friends, I used to say I was, a, I'm a mutt, but now I don't call myself that. But my friends used to call me like a beautiful hybrid because they're so charming with their words. <laughs> Anyways, I, yeah, I'm just full of everything. So I'm, I just had a huge like culture shock and we'll talk about that and especially for anyone who has just gotten married or a lot of people I realize like in the UK they move in with their husband's family and I've heard about this someone in uh, the US as well but that's its own journey as well so we'll talk about that and hopefully I'll get some good speakers on to share their story about it as well. Anyways for the first year of marriage, we did a lot of traveling because visa, things of just getting like a spousal visa. And the first time that I traveled to the UK, well, I had my first experience. And this, I l- remember coming in, like not having a care in the world or worry. And at this point, I'm, I'm already wearing a hijab. So I'm coming into the UK. Uh, I think I had like a carry-on with me and... I don't know if I even checked a bag that time or not. It was just for a quick visit. And when I had gotten through customs, uh, like everything was going smooth and fine. But of course me, I started talking about myself and just being so like bubbly, cheery, not thinking anything of it. But uh, in my passport photo at that time, I didn't wear a hijab and... I think she had asked me something or she was looking at me funny and I was like, oh, I just started wearing a hijab because I recently converted. I recently became Muslim. And immediately she like shut my passport down and she was like, we are going to detain you because you just said that. And I was in shock. I'm a pretty like thick skinned, strong headed human. And I was just like, what? Um, and she had said essentially, she was like, because 
you recently changed your religion. That is our right to detain you. And so then I pretty much sat in this box, like wasn't allowed to use my phone. I didn't have any water or food or anything. Um, Not that I needed it, but they, yeah, they detained me and said that was the reason. And after four hours later, I was free to go. And I remember I flew business class that flight, like, so if you've been to the UK before and you aren't a UK citizen, you know that non uh, that non-UK citizen line is long. It can be hours long. And so with business class, I had a fast track pass. I thought like this trip is going to be so smooth, so easy. I'll be like in and out so fast. And nope, little was I wrong. Literally the line for the non-UK that was hours long had all gone by and it was pretty much empty by the time that they let me free but yeah it was just an experience and I'm would have never had that experience otherwise and I'm not gonna say like I'm not gonna lie you're not this journey isn't always like beautiful bubbly paradise but a hundred percent it's worth it it's truth it's amazing it's beautiful and I love it. So I'm so, I'm so glad to share it with you. And one of the things uh, we can talk about is, of course, wearing the hijab. Bum, bum, bum. What is hijab? Well, uh, hijab, the word hijab is not actually in the Quran. In the terms of like a woman wearing a hijab. Like hijab, Arabically, of course again with the Arabic language it's like so beautiful one Arabic word can mean a multiple of things like sentences even it's it's a really beautiful language and I highly recommend like research it but hijab essentially means like covering it could mean curtain um like covering the head like uh, covering the top portion it, it means a good chunk but in terms of like what it says in the Quran it doesn't say like woman you must wear hijab uh however a what it does say, and in the hadiths, which I'm sure we will go into like what a hadith is, um, but not in this podcast. We're going to keep it chill. <laughs> and again, I'm not a scholar, so I probably, I'm not going to be talking about like, again, the laws of things, but more so just my experience and keeping it light. And I can direct you to people that you can learn from that are qualified speakers for you. So, when it comes to, like, the clothing for women, like, hijab or burqa or niqab, you might have heard any of these terms before. They're all different things, but they they all relate to modest clothing, modest wear, and modest dress. And modesty is huge in Islam, and it's not something that is crazy like I remember when I first became Muslim it was different my Instagram page was very different than what it is now I again was like that infinity pool traveler I had a personal blog at the time just talked about my travels and it was very different not necessarily halal. And I only say this so that you know. I was It was a complete change for me. 
So modest dress wasn't something that was like natural or was in my wardrobe. (laughs) But I remember when I first became Muslim, one of my friends had said that their friends, so somebody I had never met before, had said, why why is she choosing to become oppressed? Why is she going to like dress modestly? And I was thinking, that's not at all what I'm doing. Like, if only you knew. Like, Islam is not oppressive in any way, true Islam, which is so crazy that somebody would even say that without mentioning it, but it's not so crazy for what the world says or thinks without knowing things. And the other thing is when I had, I posted like my first like hijab fully clothing post, like there were just some weird people who, I remember so vividly, somebody had said like, oh, you're no longer attractive now. And like just so many like hate comments. And of course, these are from people that I've never met before that they don't matter. And it was just a a very different audience, which I have since changed. My whole Instagram page archived everything, went through like a cleansing, uh, which is, if you're not following me yet, it's at Marilyn with two N's underscore Rose. And I'll share that with you in the bio, but don't worry about that too much now. If you came from there, I'm so glad that you are here. Anyways, yeah, it was just an interesting thing because wearing a hijab aka a scarf around your head and over your chest which is it's evolution in itself i went from wearing it like so loose to wearing it as a turban style to wearing like turkish style (laughs) again i traveled a few places so i kind of just wore what was fitting into wearing it which i would say is like a comfortable way for me right now but i'm friends with My teacher, she wears a full niqab, and a lot of her teachers wear full niqabs as well, which that's a, like, it covers your mouth, and or covers, like, your face. It shows your eyes, your beautiful eyes. It still shows them. And I've, uh, I've seen some people wear gloves and stuff, but it's, like, a natural thing. And one of, when I say it's a natural thing, let me back it up. It's a natural th- like progression when you're studying Islam, but it's definitely not a natural thing for anything anyone in America at this time. And I I want to leave like the whole hijab topic for its own journey because it goes way deep into the fashion of like even how royalty used to dress to like how things are now. But from when I started wearing the hijab. I remember like quickly Googling like, do I have to wear it? Do I not have to wear it? What is it? And like one of the things is I saw like a TED talk that it had said what the Quran actually says about Islam. And I remember like bringing this question up to my teachers and saying like, this is what it really says in the Quran. Why, why, like, why do we, like, people still wear it? And, uh, of course, the girl who was giving this talk is not wearing a hijab or anything. And if you don't wear one now, like, that's your connection with Allah. Everyone is on their own journey. So, by all means, I encourage you to stay on your journey. 
and do your thing. And of this is like so huge, people. It's so huge. Hijab should not and is not the main thing when it comes to figuring out your deen, like or figuring out like your path of Islam. It should not be the only thing that defines you in the sense of who you are. So let me just tell you one of the reasons, like the main reasons why I've decided to wear a hijab and that like really made me comfortable and just sticking to it. The main thing is that people recognize me as a Muslim when I wear a hijab. Let me say that again. I am recognized and I identify with being a proud Muslim when I wear a hijab. And I think that is so beautiful. So beautiful, people. If, as I started this podcast, I said, Assalamu alaikum. And that means, may God the peaceful one be upon you. If you heard that before, you know what I'm talking about. And the response naturally to that is, Awalaikum salam. Which means, may God, the peace will be upon you. Anytime, I remember, anytime that I'm with any Muslim anywhere in the world, that's the first thing I can say to somebody that I know identifies with Islam, is Assalamu alaikum. And they will respond back with Walaikum salam, somebody that I've never met before. And I think that's just such a beautiful greeting. Something that's so funny. I was telling my mom this before. We were in, uh, we were in the mall in Wisconsin. I don't remember what we were getting, but we were getting something. We were just walking along. I was talking to her about like Assalamualaikum, Waalaikum Salam. What does this mean? And I was telling her like, Oh, mom, it's just so beautiful. Like going up to anybody, you can say say this too, they will reply back um, with this greeting. And she was like, well, we could do that in Christianity too. So she went out to this stranger and she just said, may God be with you. And that person just laughed in her face. Like it was, um, it was just something that they weren't used to, wasn't necessarily like comfortable for them. And I'm not sure if there are other greetings in different religions. I have no idea. But it was just something that we had gone through as our experience. And I just think it's the most beautiful thing is that when you can go up to somebody and say, like, give them, like, their own special, like, greeting. And they can respond back. Like, anywhere in the world, it was really cool. It was way beautiful. So I was so for it. And I, you know what? Like, anytime when you come across something new or different, naturally it comes with resistance. Because just like all good things, it when you push for something, that something else pushes back. And I remember listening to this Marie Folio Forleo, sorry, her her interview with this writer, and he was talking about there is negative power in the world. If it's in your head, if you're the one telling you, like, I can't do this, or 
I'm, I'm going to start this podcast and here are all the reasons why I shouldn't. When you want something so badly, there will be a self-doubt. But to make sure that that's something that you want, that it's good, that it's great for you, it's worth the push. And the reason why I say this is because if you're new to this journey as well, or if you're newly practicing, or wherever you are on your own spiritual journey, or if you're just here to give me some support, you know, I just want to say that I'm really glad that you were here and that, again, you've got a community with you and you're not alone. We are going to be in this together. And anytime you face any type of resistance or challenge, or discrimination or anything that might not be the nice thing in this beautiful world that we have, well, I just want to let you know that I am here for you. And I'm really excited for this path with you. So I'm going to leave you with an assalamu alaikum. And hopefully you'll say walaikum salam back in your car or in your while you're doing the laundry wherever you are listening to this podcast again i'm so glad that you are here so thanks so much for being with me if you'd like to subscribe to our becoming muslim community then please just go to becomingmuslim.com enter in your email and we'll start our conversation there